Willie Nelson, Waylon Jennings, Chris Christopherson. You know, before they were legends of outlaw country, they were lost souls looking for their sound. Don't miss Mandy Moore and the new scripted Audible original, The Boar's Nest, Sue Brewer and the Birth of Outlaw Country Music. Discover the true untold story of the extraordinary woman behind the rise of outlaw country music and its biggest stars. Hear how one woman's vision in her tiny living room, far from Nashville's Music Row, became the epicenter of a musical movement. Mandy Moore as Sue Brewer in The Boar's Nest. Listen now at audible.com slash The Boar's Nest. Hey, it's Amy Brown here to talk about St. Jude Children's Research Hospital. For 60 years, St. Jude doctors and researchers have helped push the overall childhood cancer survivor rate from 20% to more than 80%. But we need your help getting that number to 100%. And most important, your support means that families will never receive a bill from St. Jude for treatment, travel, housing, or food. Now, that peace of mind means so much. So join me in helping St. Jude in the fight against childhood cancer. Become a partner in hope and text Bobby to 785-833. That's B-O-B-B-Y to 785 This is the year to stop overpaying for your family plan. So choose a straight talk wireless family plan. Unlimited data, talk, and text on a reliable 5G network. And you can get a new line starting at $25 per line per month for four lines, plus taxes and fees and no contracts. That's good decision making. Available at Walmart and on straighttalk.com. Family plan discount with four lines, all on the silver unlimited plan. Not combinable with auto pay discount. In times of traffic, your data may be temporarily slower than other traffic. Video streams at up to 480p. Episode 364, Ronnie Dunn from Brooks and Dunn, the lead singer of Brooks and Dunn. Also, solo artist, new album, 100 Proof Neon. It's his fifth solo album. and We will talk about all of that. This is the rare time we record the intro before we do the interview. Yeah. Sometimes I'm like, be sure to listen for this, be sure to listen for that. But I've had Ronnie on the radio show a few times. The great thing about this, what I'm looking forward to the most about this interview you're about to hear and that we're about to do is that we just haven't really been able to... Uh, been able to sit with him and just have room and really dive in and you know on the radio we have eight minutes or 12 minutes and we got to keep it moving pretty fast and it's got to be super interesting and this is super interesting but we can let things develop and so i think that's why i'm most excited about this and ronnie coming over and it's also cool because when i have somebody that i know in my real life and they come in to do the show i have the liberty to ask things i would never just ask if we were hanging out does that make sense mike that does make sense because if I'm asking hanging out, then it's like, can we just be normal humans? But if I ask here, I'm just doing my job. Yeah, you can't get very specific sometimes in normal conversation. Right. So, Ronnie Dunn from Brooks and Dunn, episode 364. I'm going to ask him in the interview at some point and remind me of this. Of all of his and their accolades, like what's his favorite professionally? I'm going to guess that he may say like Songwriters Hall of Fame. Oh, not a Grammy? I'm going to guess Songwriters Hall of Fame or Country Music Hall of Fame I'll, more than a Grammy. I'll go Grammy. Okay. Winner wins 1,000 paper-wise. Okay, cool. Right, cool. Uh, okay, Ronnie Dunn, Brooks and Dunn, please enjoy. Share this on your Instagram story if you don't mind, if you, if you liked it. We need organic sharing because we don't have any budget for us to be shared. So check it out. Also check out Movie Mike's Movie Podcast. You can check out my sports show as well that is called 25 Whistles. Mike is the executive producer of that show. All right, that's what's up. Here is Ronnie Dunn from Brooks and Dunn. What are you doing? This house is like, it's like Disney World. You know, in what, what way? Golf simulators. Whatever. And here's a, here's a crazy thing. You get to put all your, your posters and stuff of, like, what you do on the wall. I don't. Well, this is a different house. This is? Yes. Yeah, so 
we live right there, the same property. Uh-huh. But this is kind of the workhouse, radio, oh, okay. TV. And, but Caitlin also tells me all the time, there's too much of my face when you walk in, yeah. which you just alluded to. I didn't even ask you. Yeah. And you're like, there's so much of you. I, took, I take that as a, not a compliment. Well, that's cool. So I had the barn, you know, at my house, which was it's been like a quarter mile behind the house. So it's like Janine goes, "No, you a take a quarter all your, mile back there." Take, yeah, take all your trinkets and all your stuff and all your bowling trophies that you won over the years, and <laughs> you put them back there. And how about we just have a real live person, real people house? And that's what we have now. Yeah. The um, I I had my mirror ball in the living room for a long time. <laughs> that, well, of course. That one's not anymore. That's not. That's not. Who doesn't have a mirror ball? Okay, I, I had a mirrored steer head. From a tour, like like eight like, feet tall. That you guys made for the tour. Yeah, it, and then I got that's that's a small one, but like they were massive things, and they would they would they would come down from the ceilings in the arenas. We do neon moon. They hit them with blue spotlights, and it would just disco the whole place. So you kept the eight foot one. Mm-hmm. Where's the bigger ones? It's in uh, the warehouse. I've got a warehouse. Well, what are you going to do with all that stuff? I don't know. I mean, I should have already done something with it, but I have to go through every now and then and just just order a dumpster for real. Or, or we'll auction it off, you know, yeah, at, like, for charity stuff. People are always asking for things to sign, and uh, I'll do things like that with it. But but what do you do with a 20-foot disco ball steer head? Still trying to figure that out. Because it's not <laughs> like you can charity that one away and mail it. Mm-mm. No, and two, there's, there's a cool story about making it. Uh, you know, we got this bid back from a production company years ago when we were doing all that stuff. You know, Garth was doing all his crazy stuff. Reba's dropping from ceilings and all that kind of stuff. So you had to do something, you know, phenomenal, weird, or odd. And you're paying rent for all that right now, right? No, uh, uh, no, I own the, own the building. Oh, you own the... Oh, that must be nice. Yeah. Then you have to worry about rent. Yeah. But I do I still have to worry about room, you know, even with warehouses. But we would warehouse all our stuff there. And now that we, we're, we're doing it in another place, and everything's digital, obviously, now, so it's, it's more condensed. So you don't pull out any of the old stuff for the new shows? Yeah, yeah, you we have some of the old like big stuff. You'll yeah, put on a no, truck? there's a, there's a drum set that uh, when we were out was ZZ Top uh, that is just fantastic. The cymbal holders, like are, a kit is, or actual things that are no the drum kit. He he did the kit and and you know all the stands and stuff because Frank uh, from from ZZ was always had these you know killer drums like weird crazy stuff with skulls and any any theme that they used. So we had the, the guy build their stuff do one for us and it's it's massive barbed wire uh uh drum stands you know all all meshed together so you still use that we can and it had a steer a a real steer head that went in front of the the kick drum and of course it blew smoke out of its nose of course i mean if it it wouldn't have have been a joke and that's george Strait conservative country music i always told myself what would george do what would George do? He wouldn't do this. Then it sounds like you did the opposite. You're like, what yeah. would George do? And then we'll... No, no. We listen to the Rolling Stones every now and then. We're going to do some crazy stuff. Is that your favorite band? Is that one of your favorite bands, Rolling Stones? Mm-hmm. Yep. Back from the day and still today. Yeah. You ever see them? Yeah. Yeah, we we, we uh, opened for them in Nebraska. Uh, dumb dumb question if I ask you if you've ever seen them and then you've opened for them. Mm-hmm. It's a pretty dumb question, right? Yeah, we... Yeah, yeah pretty dumb, yeah. 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 So, did you get to spend any time with them? Uh, Yes. Yeah. You get in, were they nice? They were super nice. You know, but before the shows, you, you get all this this stuff from I'm sure the crew and the protocol uh, uh, piece of you know whatever. Don't look them in the eye type stuff. Uh, exactly. You know, and be careful. Just just go to you know go to this, this the rattlesnake lounge is what they they had back then, and uh, said so go in there and make yourself you know comfortable and don't make eye contact. 
Anyway, they, well, they come tell da- me with you. Yeah, they come yeah. dancing in about ten minutes before time for the show, and it was like I mean they were all, they were could not have been more kind and more hospitable, and uh, uh, took all the cr- uh, crew guys up and showed them all of Keith's uh, guitars that were set up, and uh, just rolled out the red carpet. I ended up with uh, Mike Adams uh, mix, uh, uh, my buddy Mick. Uh, with the, <laughs> <laughs> right, with Mick Jagger's uh, monitor guy for years, and uh, I mean you know, the world changed then. It's just like you see what what kind of talent they get to deal with. It's like you know being in a, a pilot and you you know it's a Piper Cub, and then you step into a F sixteen or whatever they are now. Just crystal clear sound and stuff. I was spoiled, still am. Was meeting those guys. Uh, if I relate it to a young artist who's 22 and has listened to you guys and listened to you, yeah. and they're like, oh, my God. Were you like that with them, or are you not really jaded anymore because you kind of see what it's really all about? Well, we, we, we've been around long enough to be, be you know, confident that, that what we're going to do is okay. And it wasn't a frightening thing, but it was just cool to us to get to, to meet them and, and, and do, the, do the show. Irving Azoff set it up. Did you do you take pic? If you're famous, do you ask another famous person for a picture, or do you have somebody come in and go, "Let's get a picture of you guys"? Right. Together? Well, that's one thing that they said do. Don't don't ask for pictures. So they may do it, they may not. But anyway, it was Mick that stepped up and said, "Hey, let's let's take a picture." So we all stand up and, and get this picture, uh, and uh, it took. Now this is no exaggeration. A minimum of three years to get it back. Clarence, our manager, knew Irving and was, was hooked up with with all that that bunch, and uh, so three years later. The picture comes in, eight by ten, and they're the same height as we are. I'm six four, kicks <laughs> is six two, right? Then we're all the same height. So I guess that's what was going on. A little took a lot longer to edit pictures then. Little touch that's what up. it sounds like. Yeah. That's funny that you're all the same height in the picture. Yeah. You still have the picture? Yes, I do. Where is it in your house? It's in my nightstand right now. That's, yeah. Is that one of your favorite pictures professionally of your professional career? <sighs> it's up there. Uh, yeah, I don't, I don't, you know, I think being, I, I found one the other day, in fact, on, online, it was, uh, Dale Earnhardt, Johnny Paycheck, Merle Haggard, me, and Kicks, uh, and it was talk, talking about outlaws or something in music, of course, Kicks and I were outlaws, but those guys were like, as iconic as I can imagine at the time in, in that world. Did you guys, when you, when you first started to blow up? Or let's just say you had a hit or two. What kind of lane? I don't because again now in in kind of revisionist history, it feels like hey that's Brooks and Dunn they're killing it they're awesome they got so many hits and look at them go and everybody loves them. Yeah. Was that at all what it was like? Yeah, I mean yes. No it, no it, pushback on the, those guys either aren't real country or oh those guys yeah are too yeah flashy that stuff. Or... yeah everybody gets that you know from the press and critics and all this yeah heck yeah i mean there's there was a critic down in dallas I, you know I, I forget his name and i think everybody on else has too but he would go out of his way to really get under your skin with what purpose uh i, I don't just as he was he was an asshole was he know? a traditionalist like in, in, uh, in you know i don't think i don't think he he was he claimed to be if if it if it served his purpose you know, if, if, but like one night we were uh, booked for Billy Bob's early on, and I literally—I mean, it's Cedar Fever down there. It just took my—you know—just you know, to lose your voice, just lost my voice, so uh, I couldn't sing. 
And uh, but you have to show must go on. And uh, I, I did the best I can, and he just shredded me the next day. You know, did he just, mention that you were sick, or just that you couldn't sing? No, he just he just mentioned if, he said that he couldn't sing. He said it was no good. You know that 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 kind of spirit. So, but he he can he continued that, and I don't I don't know. But he was he was notorious for that. Still alive? No, uh-uh. got hit by a bus. Is this a joke? You need to tell me if it's a joke before. Got hit by it. got hit by a bus on the way out of Billy Bob's that night. You're not telling the truth. No. Okay. See, that's why I said it's just a joke because I because all of a sudden I start laughing. You're no. Like, no, no, it's serious. And we backed over the guy by yeah. accident. <laughs> we, my wife and I were driving a couple days ago, and let me add, before I give you the story about you. What do you consider, and you got to consider at least five years, prime years of Brooks and Dunn on top of it. Yeah. What are those five to seven years? Uh, it's just chaos and nothing but a blur. Uh, I can remember going to Sacramento and uh, playing Arco Arena when it was relatively new and, and setting the, uh, uh, the, the, the record for attendance uh, you know, above, above the, the, the team, basketball team, and uh, things like that. Like 96, 97? Like what? <laughs> Like it would be, yeah, it would be like ninety five, ninety six. I would imagine up to about two thousand or so. Yeah. Did yeah. you feel? And before I get to her story, did you feel the uh, the music sonically changing, or were you two changing more? Oh, uh, I, I, I remember, you know, sonically, you know, progressively with technology and all the things that are involved, you know, on the that end. It, my idea of, of it improving and changing is has more to do with a, a sonic deal, you know, uh, and, and then then yeah, it did, you know, in the in start, started in or maybe early two thousands, uh, started changing to more of a pop, you know, kind uh, of definitely a shine. flavor. Yeah yeah yeah, 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 yeah. She was singing, but you can't take the honky tonk. <laughs> Out of and she knew every word, and I said, "Hmm, what year is this?" And she was like, "Well, it's in my wheelhouse, so probably 2000." She looked up 2003, I believe, is the year, mm-hmm. and I was like, "Oh, all right, that's later, Brooks and Dunn. That's like, you know, outside of the because I, I never hear that song." Well, you know, okay. Talk, speaking of Sonics, our our first record, uh, uh, which sold the most of any of them so far, seven eight million CDs, but. Uh, it was cut in Sony uh, ATB back then. It was called Tree uh, Publishing in the basement in the demo studio. That was those were all cut as demos. So you're saying not a lot of resources went into the biggest record you ever had. We, we put thirty something thousand dollars into that entire album. And that and that's interesting. You bring that up because when I heard what's the name of that song? Because you can't take the. Do you still play that by the way? Uh huh. Can't take the honky tonk. That the that felt. A little cleaner and a little shinier than some of the old stuff. Yeah. Well, we may have changed studios, you know, at that time. Do you like that song? Uh, yeah, 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 yeah. Fine. Yeah, the crowds react to it. Love it. Yeah. No, I didn't ask about the crowd. Yeah. Like, do you? That, that has a big not, deal. To, that's, that has a lot to do with I it. I know, but we're talking about <laughs> you because you know I'm a massive fan. Yeah. Well, not, I, I look back at it right now, and and my wife is usually my voice on that. She'll she'll go, you know, you you don't need to be doing that. You know, uh, yeah, you know, Connie came back from her second cousin's wedding. You know, can't take the honky tonk out of the girl. Anyway, and she'll she'll go. You know, do you feel comfortable doing that now? You know, she says, take take it somewhere else. Try to try to grow or progress. You know, but what what does that mean? I, I don't know. It's My, just just 
music to me. I'm not trying to chase a trend. Radio had a lot to do with with, with that, it, it, you know, in in whatever way. It always has. In uh, where where the labels would would get involved for the most part on, on the corporate side and, and go, look, we you know, radio's not going to play this. Radio's radio will play this, you know. But some of my some of my favorite songs or better songs that have been radio, uh, songs that that probably wouldn't have been played on radio. But I, I think a lot of people say that. But then they're they're more esoteric. Yeah. You know? Yeah, not as palatable for but the, for the general public. For people who aren't diehard Brooks and Dunn yes. fans, right? Yeah, yeah. That's who you're trying to get. You're going to get yeah. your people regardless. Yeah. It's like, what can you create that's also going to reach out a little farther and hopefully people yeah. will get a taste? Yeah, and, and you can't criticize that. People do, and I've, I've done my share of it, but now I realize, no, that's that's a that's a business plan that works, you know? Did you change schools a lot as a kid? Change what? Change schools. Oh, oh. Uh, 12, 12, 12 schools in, uh, no, 13 schools in 12 years. What? That's right. You can't even really build a even stable know. friend group. No, you can't. You can't. Mm-mm. No, you're, you're always a new kid. And uh, uh, although I started uh, on a reservation in uh, Farmington, New Mexico, and I was the only Anglo kid there because we lived on an oil lease. My dad was in the pipeline. Is that why you moved so much because mm-hmm. of your dad's job? Yeah, yeah. Is that a bit why you perform? Because you... You know, you this is like therapy type stuff. Yeah. But you move so much, you never really have stability within a friendship group. You never really have that closeness. True. So also you have to kind of be somebody new all the time. You have to perform for new friends quickly. You go to one school and you'd be cool. Different different dress, different vibe, different personality of the school, you know, and you need to kind of learn to be a, or, you know, became a chameleon at times. Do you think that moving around a lot affected your desire to perform? No, I, I, I never, I never wanted to be, I never wanted to perform. I was good playing bass in the background, and my dad played guitar. His dream was to become a country singer. Period. I mean, everything else was was second nature. Was he good? Uh, yeah, he was good enough. He was good enough. He did he try? Have. He did try. Yeah, he had a, a radio station, a radio show on at a radio station in the fifties when I was born. Uh, uh, in uh, Abilene, Texas, uh, uh, it was called the uh, the band was called the Fox Four Seven. I think it's KRBC. And so he did a show and also had a band that performed on the show. Uh huh. And yeah. s- how far did he get? Like what? What was his? Well, the big thing back then there was, was a DJ out of Fort Worth and Dallas called uh, Bill Mack, and he was kind of like you know uh, your name a name a big DJ you <laughs> in the day. Uh, it's like Wolfman you know, Jack. Yeah, well, yeah, well, yeah, Bobby Bones. Uh, no, not me. I'm not a DJ. No, no, no. What, what are you? Well, you're more than that, but they're always more than that. Program directors, all that stuff. No, not, uh, don't compare me to other. They're always. I'm not a DJ. I don't. I might play three songs in an hour and I don't even pick them. I perform wherever I am. I say things. I'm, I'm a personality. Okay, I'll go with that. You've offended yes, me. But no, you're not, no, you're but, not. You're definitely not limited to, to, to this uh, you know, d- dynamic in, in space. No, you're not. I see you I see, like, doing comedy and uh, you know, out playing with a band uh, on all kinds of TV shows now. You're, I'm not, listen, I'm not You're climbing about. mountains let's with, go back with to your the dad. bear. Let's go back to your right. dad. So he's he's got a radio show, and he's also a, a singer in a band. Yeah. And so can he play his own music on, on that show? Uh-huh. So he, and he's playing, he, are they playing live? Yeah, he would write. Yeah, yeah, they had to play live back then. So they would, they would do all that, that crazy stuff. So 
he I'm assuming then he toured some at least regionally with the band. He, he did one uh, yes when I was young, and, and then then all that stuff you know he had to move with his job to keep you know. Family. He was still doing oil at, and music. Yeah, yeah, and uh, still had to had to go at that, and then he had to feed his family. So do you think and they were getting transferred a lot? You know the, the pipeline business is in theory. You know you just, did he always hold on to the dream even as he was doing yes, oil? Yes, yes, and well, I, he, I never ever uh, showed any real interest. In, in pursuing music at all. I can remember my grandmother, his mother, uh, like talking to me as a young kid. I, I never understood. I thought it was random. There was a guy next door who was in a band that they traveled all the time. She goes, oh, you don't ever want to be involved with that. You're gone all the time. There's so much downside, whatever it is. And and just they would plant these little, you know, subtle, you know, subconscious seeds. And, uh, you know, about that's just something you don't want to do. Well, my mother's parents lived a block away. So I'd go down there, I and mean, they were super religious. My grandfather was was the big main deacon in the Emanuel Baptist Church in Eldred, Arkansas, and uh, you know they would. Their deal was his big thing was I was the oldest of sixteen grandkids. He just goes, I want one of my one of my grandsons, please, to be a minister. You know? And I think that's where I picked that up later on. Just it sounds kind of, like you picked yeah. up both, just at different times. Yeah. Yeah, and I was I was trying to you know you're, you're young and you're you're impressionable and you, you absorb you know that stuff. So I went off to, you know, next thing you know, lo and behold, I go off to Abilene, Texas, to to like study you know Bible and the ministry. What did your dad say about that? He didn't say anything. <laughs> he wasn't a church guy. <laughs> no, he, he he didn't say any anything about that. Uh, it was just like you know to him for us to even think about college was something that wasn't on the on the radar this festival and concert season will be all about the boots and Tacovas is your next stop before attending your next concert Tacovas has seasonal and limited edition offerings this spring You're talking about men's boots women's boots um, apparel hats bags and more all Tacovas boots are made by hand in a time-honored tradition timeless style always on trend and Tacovas has first wear comfort. Little to no break-in period. Like, it's hard to find this level of comfort paired with this level of style. Plus, direct consumer pricing keeps the value on your feet and the money in your pocket. So stop by your local Tacova store. Have a complimentary drink. Shop the new styles. You like the smell of leather or no? I love it. Yeah. That's what the whole store basically is. Fresh leather. Yep. Friendly staff. Or like the smell of staff? <laughs> I don't know. I guess I'm sure they smell good there. Many stores have leather custom branding to make your boots truly personalized. What a gift, too. Regular live music and events, there is no in-store experience like this. If you can't make it to a store, just visit tecovas.com. T-E-C-O-V-A-S.com. T-E-C-O-V-A-S. Yeah. Yeah. Tecovas.com. Find your new favorite pair of boots today. Willie Nelson, Waylon Jennings, Chris Christopherson. How do the biggest names in outlaw country start a musical revolution? Through one woman's vision from one tiny living room. Don't miss Mandy Moore as Sue Brewer in the new scripted Audible original, The Boar's Nest, Sue Brewer and the Birth of Outlaw Country Music. Discover the true untold story of the extraordinary woman behind the outlaw country music movement and its biggest stars. Brewer shaped the sound and soul of country music as we know it today, despite never picking up an instrument herself. Lovingly dubbed as The Boar's Nest, Sue's place was an intimate staging ground where a new breed of singer-songwriters, wounded souls, wayward upstarts, that's where they would spur each other and tap into something bigger and something realer. Starring Mandy Moore and featuring Eben Moss Backrack as Shel Silverstein and T.J. Osborne as Johnny Cash, 
alongside a full ensemble cast. Audible invites you to enter the boar's nest and experience the rise of a musical revolution. One woman, one time, one place. The boar's nest. Sue Brewer and the birth of outlaw country music. Listen now at audible.com slash the boar's nest. Hey, it's Bobby Bones. I just want to say thanks to everybody who has stepped up for the kids at St. Jude. St. Jude's been leading the way in the world's best survival rates for some of the most aggressive forms of childhood cancer. Your support means the families never get a bill from St. Jude for treatment or travel or housing or food. So the families can focus on helping their child live. And that really hits home for me because I've been to St. Jude many times. I've hung out with the kids, played music for the kids. I was in the hospital a lot as a kid. Now, I didn't have cancer, but if it wasn't for people stepping up, I don't know that I would have been able to go and stay in the hospital and be taken care of. So that's why we do this, take care of others. You can help St. Jude stop childhood cancer by becoming a partner in hope. When you do this, you'll get this awesome new This Shirt Saves Lives shirt. So join all the doctors and researchers, you know, and me in this fight and just text the word Bobby to 785-833. It's only six numbers, but text the word Bobby to 785-833. Was your dad resentful at all that he'd never got a fair shot because he had to work in oil and he felt I like he was good so. enough? Like, I think so. Like, yes. like hurt a bit? Yes, and I, that was one thing I was afraid of and I sensed. Uh, yeah, he was extremely competitive, you know, uh, for, for numerous reasons that we won't go into. But, uh, yeah, it was that, and, and he died uh, before. He died at the age of 62 uh, before I really got a, got a, 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 a handle or a hold in, in, in professional music. What did your mom think about you going to be a pastor? Harden Simmons, Abilene Christian, all that. Yeah, uh, she was all, all for it, all for it. Is that because she thought it'd make you a good dude? Yeah, yeah. yeah. It like, was just a better influence. You know, you're not getting out there in the real world. So when I told her, you know, I was always taught by her. I mean, she's, she was very conservative. Couldn't dance, any of that kind of stuff. We couldn't go to the school. Sock hops. Back then. Was she Baptist? Did you say that? Yeah. Because I grew yeah. up in a Baptist church, and yeah. the other Baptist churches couldn't dance, but they never really told us not to, but I knew that was the Baptist thing. That was if almost Methodist then. Yeah, yeah, right? yeah. So she she never you don't, never saw her dance? No, no. Uh-uh. No, she she felt like that, that if you danced, it led to sex, and that was evil. I can tell you firsthand, it didn't. <laughs> I can tell you. <laughs> <laughs> I never got the chance to prove it tell you until later in life. Yeah. Yeah, so, you can make it work with a little tequila. I don't know. <laughs> you go to to school, and and what's it like your first day of going to school to spend the rest of your life preaching the word of God? Uh, I, mean, I, I didn't know if I would be specifically a, a preacher. I thought you know I could be like a, a, a you know spiritual uh, or, or a religious uh, counselor or or psychologist. Uh, and I learned real quick that, that the second that I had to step up and speak in front of a crowd, that that wasn't for me. You know, so you didn't even have the performance, like bug, whenever it was time to you know, no. speak what you think you're going to do with the rest of your life. No, well, no, you had to do it to get to get licensed. This is so weird. I didn't know this. I, I was too young to know this. To get licensed as a minister, you get licensed and then you get ordained. So uh, if you're licensed, you have to you have to go up and preach a sermon. So this uh, uh, pastor we had in uh, 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 South Texas, Port Isabel, had me go up and, and do a sermon, which was the biggest nightmare of my life. Yeah, how'd it go? What do you remember day. about it? Horrible, horrible. I remember thinking, 30 minutes, 30 minutes, what? 
You know, no. I mean, it was awful. You, you know how it is. You know how it is standing up as a comedian in front of people, period, and trying to hold that crowd. Yeah. What you have to do. It's the same same concept. You know. Do you remember what it was on? Ah, uh, no. Uh. Uh-uh. No. I don't know. I was random. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. You know. So <laughs> you decide through experience that you don't want to do this. No. So then, but then, what do you do? Do you do you just quit, or do you have to call your folks? And be no, like, no, no, no. I tried to I tried to like like ink my way over a little bit. So I I, I changed to psychology, and then uh, I really got into that and enjoyed it and uh, did it for. But at the same time, I was involved in music. We would go out and play uh, at VFWs. Uh, uh, Are you playing bass? Yeah. So you're yeah. not you're not even singing in the band that you're in. Well, I, t- I would sing a few songs. Yeah, but I, I, I was—I got to where I was a good bass player, and I could play by ear. That's another thing because if you're going out with with like pickup bands in, uh, on the weekends, you, you kind of have to pretty much know how to how to wing it because you're not going to know all those songs. So I could play by ear. Were you comfortable performing as a singer? Uh, not at first. No, in fact, I, w- I wasn't comfortable performing as a singer even with Brooks and Dunn. At, uh, you know, well after Neon Moon came along, that's the first time that I I like. They told me to hold a mic and and just stand there and, and sing or go go to one side of the stage, go to the other, and without like shaking, and uh, did that. So you're playing bass, you're singing some, yeah. You're going to school, yeah. I mean, you didn't. You're not a preacher. You're not a Christian psychologist. Uh-uh. I, 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 no, college was not for me. I hated it. How far did you go? Uh, uh, seven years, I mean, seven hours from graduating. Abnormal psych and statistics. You got that close. Yeah, yeah. I was going to come home for the summer, work on the uh, uh, pipeline with my dad, and then uh, uh, go back and finish up. And I, I never never finished up. I just I got involved with, with bands. They had moved to Tulsa, Oklahoma by then from South, South Texas. And uh, uh, I got involved with uh, all these uh, cool bands. Eric Clapton's band was there. Uh, geez, Bonnie Raitt, uh, J.J. Kale, Joe Cocker. Shelter Records was, was working out of there in L.A. at the same time. So, yeah. So you, your guys are in Tulsa now. Uh-huh. Is that when Oklahoma comes into play for you? Yeah. At that stage of your life? Yep. Yep. So when I think of you, I, I mean, I just think of Oklahoma first and foremost. I don't know. I guess probably because... That's all you and my wife talked about for 20 minutes before we even did this, and you wouldn't stop talking and acknowledge that I existed. Special, but other than special that, place. <laughs> yeah, other than that. So you, special girl. You move, up to, you move up to Oklahoma at age 22, 23? Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. And I fell right in with these uh, guys uh, who were involved with Leon Russell. And uh, uh, one of them was an architect buddy. Uh, Steve Bush was his name. Are you playing bass with these guys? Uh, not with them, no. But but I was playing with bass with local bands, a bunch of good local bands, and tons of places to play. You know, like 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 here when we first moved to Nashville, there was no place to play. Now it's Broadway is rocking, so it was kind of that deal. We would that people would club hop, you know, and uh, go go hear bands. But not not many of those guys from that group were were involved in country at all. But Tulsa had a big country scene. You know, Johnny Lee Wills and you know, a bunch of other people. So are you singing more? I'm trying to find whenever you started to realize you're actually better than most vocally. Mm. You know, are you singing more than you were or are you still just singing a few, playing the bass on most? I'll tell you the thing that, that really broke it. Uh, Urban Cowboy thing kicked off, like started, and we were hitting up to then like little, you know, little regional clubs and just beer joints, really. 
but that's a, I mean, where else do you go if you want to be a football player? I mean, it, it, it's akin to you, you have to go to the gym. You have to you have to play football in high school, junior high, and all that stuff. You know, so you you go to these beer joints and you do it. Uh, there was a lady here, Mary John Wilkins, who had worked with Chris Christopherson that I visited with at one point before it all started. Don't let me get you too far off track, but. Uh, she called them skull orchards. She said, she said, I, like, I love the way you sing. She said, you're going to have to go get some some experience in these skull orchards. And I was like, what the, what, what? Just what reps. You, she just wants you to go do reps and play. That's not a pretty picture, yeah. right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. From day one. So anyway, I actually went to Oklahoma and did that. You know, I would, we would call these places up and go book for, you know, $300 a night, $250 a night if they had it, and then play for the door in Texas now. Uh at, at, like I said, VFWs, we'd play for that and try to build the crowds up over a few weeks or a month and two and, and uh, uh, whatever work we'd stay there as long as we could. And it's just working out, playing. Yeah, but even singing, you're, you're, you're training that muscle. Yeah. Right? I mean, you're singing yeah. four okay. nights a week? So I'm in Tulsa, and the Urban Cowboy Movement thing happens, and uh, they start building this massive club called Duke's Country. Uh, and... Uh, I mean, huge. It was a, it was a converted uh, furniture factory, and I mean, there's nothing for three thousand, thirty five hundred people a, a night to be there on on the weekends, Friday, Saturday, Sunday, sometimes Thursdays. Uh, a guy from a, a a steel player of all things from a Gatemouth Browns band, who was a blues player, uh, came to my door one one day and uh, he said, "I'm putting together a band." He said, "Would you be the lead singer for it for a house band at Duke's?" I'm like. No, yes. <laughs> I guess, yes. So we put together a band and uh, uh, kept the job for you know, two or three years, several years. This was a good run for club stuff. Was that your first spot at being just, I mean, you're the lead yeah, singer. That was yeah, it. Yeah. Did you find you liked it more than you thought? Uh, yeah, I loved it. Did it make you think of your dad? Uh, always, always, always do. Any Anytime. I mean, he's always, you know, that, that's always the, the, the image and the, you know, the, the motive back there that I, I think of, you know, I just think it's like, what am I, well, how did I end up cosmically living my father's dream? You know? Do you think he would be proud looking at you now? Yeah. yeah. Think, you think it's super cool? It, uh, yeah, too cool. <laughs> I'd have to lock him away. <laughs> <laughs> you know, he was, he was very opinionated, very country, very, very traditional country back to that, you know, Hank Williams days and all that. And, uh, uh, Ernest Tubb and real way into that. He take you to any concerts as a kid? Uh, yes, yes. Who, who'd he, you see? Uh, oh, 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 oh. You remember your first ever concert? Young love, sweet love. Who was it? Sonny James. He played guitar with him for a little while. He would come and do do pickup stuff with him. And uh, uh, yes, I remember going to a, a Sonny James concert. I was small, small. Uh, but that, yeah. Did you ever see, and I don't know how old you were when your dad was taking to concerts. Do you ever see, um, I don't know, he loved Hank Sr. That was probably bef- way before you, though. I'm that's assuming when he was young. That's way before you. Anybody come through town and you can remember being like, dang, I saw them before they actually turned into like the superstar that everybody knows. Well, I did in Tulsa. Yeah, a lot. We we opened for, for Ricky's Cash when he just had his, his first song out, uh, uh, Lee Greenwood, when he, he just, that's, that's where they would... They would land in those size venues and then mm-hmm. then work their way up. But uh, you know Johnny Lee coming out of Urban Cowboy, of course that was a big big thing at the time. Uh, yeah, you're uh, singing Rodney Crow. Yeah, that's cool. Yeah, love Rodney. Yeah, that's really cool. Yeah. Me too. 
Uh, you're singing in Tulsa. You're regionally playing, but when when do you go? I got to go to Nashville, or did someone say you got to go to Nashville? It, my wife Janine, she just said, you know, for the, for for you to, to make this happen, you're going to have to just you're going to have to jump out of the plane, man. He says you're going to get up here. Did you not want to jump out of the plane? I was afraid. You know, Nash, Nashville scared me to death. You know, there's it's a feast or famine environment. You know, there's no there's no middle ground here, and and I did not. Want to be get involved in the, in the dark and the dark side. This festival and concert season will be all about the boots, and Tacovas is your next stop before attending your next concert. Tacovas has seasonal and limited edition offerings this spring. You're talking about men's boots, women's boots, um, apparel, hats, bags, and more. All Tacovas boots are made by hand in a time-honored tradition, timeless style, always on trend. And Tacovas has first wear comfort, little to no break-in period. Like, it's hard to find this level of comfort paired with this level of style. Plus, direct consumer pricing keeps the value on your feet, the money in your pocket. So stop by your local Tacova store. Have a complimentary drink. Shop the new styles. You like the smell of leather or no? I love it. Yeah. That's what the whole store basically is. Fresh leather. Yep. Friendly staff. Or like the smell of staff? <laughs> I don't know. I guess I'm sure they smell good there. Many stores have leather custom branding to make your boots truly personalized. What a gift, too. Regular live music and events, there is no in-store experience like this. If you can't make it to a store, just visit tecovas.com. T-E-C-O-V-A-S.com. T-E-C-O-V-A-S. Yeah. Yeah. Tecovas.com. Find your new favorite pair of boots today. Willie Nelson, Waylon Jennings, Chris Christopherson. How do the biggest names in outlaw country start a musical revolution? Through one woman's vision from one tiny living room. Don't miss Mandy Moore as Sue Brewer in the new scripted Audible original, The Boar's Nest. Sue Brewer and the birth of outlaw country music. Discover the true untold story of the extraordinary woman behind the outlaw country music movement and its biggest stars. Brewer shaped the sound and soul of country music as we know it today, despite never picking up an instrument herself. Lovingly dubbed as the Boar's Nest, Sue's place was an intimate staging ground where a new breed of singer-songwriters, wounded souls, wayward upstarts, that's where they would spur each other and tap into something bigger and something realer. Starring Mandy Moore and featuring Eben Moss Backrack as Shel Silverstein and T.J. Osborne as Johnny Cash alongside a full ensemble cast. Audible invites you to enter the boar's nest and experience the rise of a musical revolution. One woman, one time, one place. The boar's nest. Sue Brewer and the birth of outlaw country music. Listen now at audible.com slash the boar's nest. Hey, it's Amy Brown here to talk about the incredible work that's being done by St. Jude Children's Research Hospital and to ask you today to join me in becoming a partner in hope. When you make a donation to St. Jude, you're helping an organization that has helped push the overall childhood cancer survivor rate from 20% to more than 80%. And I can tell you from personal experience, that number and the hope that it brings is invaluable. Families do not have to worry about a thing. Treatment is covered, travel, housing, food. And when you're a family that's going through this, like, imagine, you're a parent, your kid gets cancer. You need to focus on that child. You don't need to be worrying about other things. And financial stuff can get really stressful. St. Jude covers it. Your support means families never receive a bill from St. Jude for treatment. And when you sign up for just $19 a month, you're going to get the new This Shirt Saves Lives tee. So join me in helping St. Jude in the fight against childhood cancer. Become a partner in hope and text Bobby to 785-833. That's B-O-B-B-Y to 785-833. You pack up. You throw in a car. You get a trailer. 
Like what? The, the, what's what's the okay? Move? So Janine uh, had 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 been widowed for uh, five years, and uh, a, a friend introduced us, and uh, she and her ex husband, or not ex husband, but pa- uh, past husband. Uh, what do you call it? Help me. If he die? Yeah, he died. Late. Late. That's Late. good. <laughs> Thank I you. With that too. I just said dead. Hell no. Yeah. <laughs> anyway. Uh, uh, she she was uh, come to find out didn't know it going in that she was friends with uh, uh, June Carter Cash and Johnny Cash that they were best friends. Well, he her husband her late husband had made the car uh, one piece at a time that, that John sang about. Okay, so she goes, I'm going to take you to Nashville, and she said that's that's not somebody going to be able to do it and 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 introduce you to John and June. She said we're just going up there as friends. We're not going to say much of anything except that. Eric Clapton's drummer, backing up a step here, Eric Clapton's drummer, Jamie Oldecker, as a joke one night, had entered my name in a, the Marlboro Talent Roundup contest. Okay, so you have to submit a tape. You know, they, they, they get it, they call it back. She so says, I was at a convenience store one night. I said, I ripped one of the like entrance forms up and uh, uh, sent it in to them. Uh, and I'm like, oh, dude, this, this, this is so uncool. We thought we were cool, even at that level. We weren't. You know, we weren't playing beer joints and starving to death. <laughs> so uh, he goes, "I did it. I did it. We're going." Uh, anyway, so sure enough, we get it. We get into the the, the, the regional part of the, of the contest. Then you go to whatever the, the the next event, and it's bands five fifty five hundred bands all over the country, and then you end up here in Nashville doing the the final for, for that, and we we won it. And uh, I remember Ricky Skaggs was was a, a guest. Uh, I mean, a judge. I can't remember who else was. You won it. We won it. Yeah. And then uh, you get like thirty three thousand dollars in a, a, a recording session with Barry Beckett at the time and Scott Hendricks. And uh, we cut Boot Scoot and Neon Moon and and one more. Hold up in some honky tonk by Dean Dillon. Who is we? Uh, the band had Wait, a band, right? A, yeah, yeah. Uh, I'm sorry. What's the name of the band? Uh, it, they eventually became the Tractors. And, and, it, wow! Yeah, yeah, really? Yeah. So it's just Bonnie Raitt's piano player. I got Clapton's drummer. We're all like, Come that's on. crazy. <laughs> We're in a band. Yeah, yeah. So yeah. So you took that band originally cut a couple of those songs. Uh huh. But they weren't that band at the time. They were just we were just they were just guys but I mean, around your town. Band. Yeah, your we just ba- put them together. Yeah. Wow. So you, you make that record on thirty three thousand dollars, basically. Yeah. Like three or four songs. That's not a record, but songs. Yeah. Right. Yeah. What do you do with it though? What do we do? Yeah. What do you do with the record? Do you well, sell it at shows? Uh, no. I mean, we thought we thought okay. Well, at least we get a, a good good you know foothold in uh, you know getting to do some some stuff around it, and we did. They uh, Marlboro put us on tour, a military tour, which was. Actually, a blast. It was massive stages. George Strait, uh, uh, golly, Ricky Skaggs, Alan Jackson. I mean, I mean, everybody. I mean, we got to open the shows for for all of those people, and uh, we thought, well, this is the beginning of it. We'll get a record deal, and away we go. Well, uh, that ended, and then you know, three years later, I'm out weed eating. You know the fence at the at the farm. <laughs> so <laughs> what the hell am I doing here? I thought I was, thought this was my way to into it. Same principle that that works with you know the other you know shows that we watch today. The Voice. You know, that is not that's not the ticket to the big time. Right. Yeah. It's a ticket to get 
a little flash so maybe people can pay attention to you so then you can start. Yeah, that's, that's what I, it. That's what I tell them. Like, use this platform to get a good place to start. Yeah, you're not you're not on your way, you know? Not, not, Ho- not hopefully by you can shot. make a few contacts and relationships through your little flash yeah. that you can get enough of a foothold. Yeah. And, and that said, I did. Uh, Scott Hendricks uh, took uh, the, the tape to uh, Tim Dubois, who was starting Arista Records at the time, and still trying to fill in a, a balanced roster. And uh, Clive Davis was was behind it, of course, and that, that never hurts. Uh, at a time in the business when you, it was not a great great time to to start a label, but tell Clive Davis that right. right? So Tim comes out and here here's me in in uh, Tulsa because he's from Grove, Oklahoma. Caitlin, I don't know where Grove is. They they had like a moment <laughs> where they're like, you know, Grove, I don't know <laughs> right? Yeah, uh, on Grand Lake. Any well, anyway, he hears us play and he goes, okay. After we get through, he takes me back and he goes, okay, I'm going to tell you this. He says, hold tight for me. He says, just like I'm going somewhere, right? <laughs> back, goes, to the, back to Weed Eat. Yeah, he goes, hold, yeah, right. I'll get the other side of the fence to Weed Eat. Uh, and he says, I'm, I'm putting the record label together. He got Alan, Alan Jackson and uh, Pam Tillis, Diamond Rio. And he said, I'm, I'm up to something here. So he says, if you'll just, just have a little faith and patience in me, I'm going to go there. So, you know, a year later, I hadn't heard anything from him. A year? Yeah, that's a lot of patience. Yeah, well, where else do you go? I don't have a choice, you yeah. know. Uh, and sure enough, I uh, uh, Janine comes down one day and tells me to put the weed eater down, come up to the house, get on the phone. She says, "Call Tim Dubois and see what's going on." Because I'm just I'm shy, I wouldn't do that, you know. And she's not. I called Tim and he goes, "Mister," I said, "This is unreal." I said, "I'm sitting here with my Rolodex right now, looking for your number." And I went, "No, you're not." And he goes, yes, I am. He goes, I want to cut Boot Scoop Boogie. I'm thinking, the flash, me, with me? He goes, with the sleep at the wheel. So I just signed him. I said, okay, great. You know, knock it out. And he said, come down to Nashville. He says, I'm, I'm going to you know, talk to you when we get through. And said, listen to the record. So I went with Janine and I, got in the car, drove to Nashville. And uh, it was uh, he played it for us. And it, so Sleep at the Wheel did it, of course, as a swing song. Yeah, very Texas swing. And we both just went, Janine and I were like, oh, no, it's not going to work, not going to fly. And uh, so they they ran through their cycle there. And then uh, finally Tim said, okay, it's time to move here. You know, this is a year, year later, a year after that. He said, time to move here. He said, and I'll, I'll get you. I'll get you hooked up as a as a writer at one of the publishing companies, and uh, he just called out of the blue one day after June Carter had already called Janine and said uh, she called her Witter Witter Patch. That was that was Janine's married name. Uh, she said, "Witter, uh, would you mind you and Ronnie maybe staying at uh, having rented one of the cabins up on the mountain, which was outside town in Goodlettsville?" And uh, Janine just started crying. She was like, "Oh my God, yes." Please, and I'll be close to June, who's a friend of hers, and all this. So, we did. Uh, I, I, uh, Tim put uh, Kicks and I together to write with uh, another another writer in town, Don Cook. Don't don't jump ahead. Hold on. Okay. Did you ever go meet Johnny Cash? Yes. You drove. Yes. She brought me in to, to meet him. Where? Uh, to his house. Okay. In Hendersonville. Are you nervous? Yeah, I'm scared to death. Okay, I don't, don't want to meet them. And I know they're thinking, hey, you know, she's bringing, you know, a, a, a wannabe singer into my house. It's just like what I would do with one of my daughters. Just like, ah, oh, please. <laughs> right? Uh, so June takes her out. And, and June had just, uh, John had just given June a, uh, 
a blue-on-blue Rolls-Royce for her birthday. You know, so we roll up to their house, and all this ostentatious stuff is outside. And uh, go in. Nervous? Uh, yes. Yeah, More nervous as you walk closer? Yes. Okay, good. It gets worse. <laughs> <laughs> so the girls, after after day one, you know, we all stop and eat and all this stuff. And John's real quiet. He's quiet at first, you know, and he's, he's, he's intimidating anyway, right? And then under those circumstances, I'm going, you know, I don't, I don't want to, you know, I don't want to be here like this. So the next day, June and uh, Janine go shopping and leave me and John alone at the house. Well, there were two big black recliners in front of this TV, like that on the wall. And uh, he's sitting there watching CNN. And I just sat down with a cup of coffee, and I sat there. I said, uh, something going on in the news? And he goes, yeah, I always watch it. I always watch it. He says, I'm an addict. And he says, I'll watch the TV until the loop changes. He says, you know that, that CNN and all that stuff are on loops. And I'm like, no. Uh-uh. And uh, he goes, I, I just watch it till you know, till loops, whatever, <laughs> you know. And that was kind of the only thing I remember. <laughs> he didn't, he just kind of didn't say much. He's like, you want to go fishing? What are you doing? You want to be in music? Nothing like that. So Janine gets back, <clears throat> and she's kind of pale. She's kind of like down, and that's not like her because she's a chatter. And uh, finally, we we went back to, to the bedroom, and she she I said, how'd it go? And she goes. Well, June just gave she read me the right act. You know, she goes, look, you know, because Rodney and Roseanne had been been married, and and, and the girls, Carlene and all of them, and and June had had her struggles with John too. And she said, uh, it's 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 not a not a pretty business. She goes, you know, those, these these boys, she says, they're going to act up on you. You know, they're going to get out there and you know, theoretically do whatever. And she says, you know, it's just not it's not a good life. Even if he does make it, she said, the chances are. You know, one in a hundred million that they that even if they make it, will they last? She says, "You don't, you don't, you don't want that life. You don't have to have that life." So, Janine said, "I'm, you know, that's just kind of bummed me out." And I said, "Well, okay, let's let's go." <laughs> but we didn't. We stayed and 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 had a had a, had a good time. But uh, that was just kind of what we were we were left with there. But at the same time, June was kind enough. Uh, to to do whatever they could to help, and they they did. And half the time, more than half the time, I would go to, go up to take the rent or pay the rent, six hundred bucks or something like that. This house looked like something to Johnny's house. You would take the rent to Johnny Cash's house, yes, and just drop. Did yeah. you have like a hole for but the mail? They, no, or? they wouldn't take it. No, Junior, I'd say, Junior, I'm gonna run over and, and and leave the the rent. And she goes, Honey, don't do that. She said, Don't do that yet. You don't. There's no need for you to do that. We're not worried about that. Uh, anyway, so I, they wouldn't take it. Ever, did they ever take your rent? No, no. How long did you live there? Uh, a year and a half, two years. No, two years. Did but, Did you ever get closer to Johnny? Uh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah. No, no. Johnny would come up. There was another. It's a little enclave of cabins in, in Gillespie on top of a hill that uh they they had built. Real cool. And uh, uh he would come up and stay and spend the weekends and stuff sometimes up there just to be alone. And uh, he'd stop at the house and uh and I told him right okay. I get a record deal with Arista. As a solo artist? As, well, I'm thinking as a solo artist. And uh, I'm still writing. And, and Tim says, uh, one day he goes, come over here. He says, we're going to spend the day, and I'm going to take you to every publishing company in town. And I had written, like I said, Neon Moon, Boots, Good, Hard Working Man, She's Going, that kind of stuff. Uh, 
No one actually super excited. And he goes, but I'm, I'm waiting to take you to, to Sony ATV for, to Donna Hilly. And he said, that, that's where I want you. He said, that's, that's in his period, the best place in town. So uh, sure enough, she calls one day and uh, says, hey, I, I'm, I'm going to give you a deal. She said, how does like you know, $1,200 a month sound? I was like, whew, I'll take it now. <laughs> and uh, I, so I was set up as a writer in, 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 a, in a great spot. And uh, Tim put me and Tim uh, kicks together. And I'm thinking, and you've heard this story, but or a lot of people have, but uh, Kix is thinking, well, he's writing songs with me for my solo deal. Unbeknownst to me, he had been working on a, a, a another duo deal at Arista. For him? Yes. Him and someone else? Yes. Tim Tim Nichols was who the first one was. And I, and I heard that it, had I not worked out, it was going to be Leroy Parnell. <laughs> wow, that's funny. How about it? Huh? Well, they were shopping kicks to a lot of really great. So it was like kicks. You're half of something great. You're gonna be. Like, yeah, like yeah, you're gonna be, buddy. Uh, you know, I don't. Did yeah. he want to be in a duo? Because uh, it sounds like he had three duos all lined yeah, up. Yeah, I don't. To check you out. know, I don't know. I, I have to ask kicks. I don't know, but he'll he'll tell the same story. He said, "Man, I thought you know he was writing for me, and I'm writing for him." So uh, Tim comes in one day, and he has everything in his office lined up, and uh, plays plays all of our music together, you know? And he goes, I think, I think with uh, the first song that we, that we had written together was uh, uh, Brand New Man uh, and uh, Working on My Next Broken Heart and uh, what else? Uh, but you wrote that in a day or in a week? Like uh, a couple of days. Together, but you stayed together yeah. to write for a couple of days? Yeah, I'd never co-written before, so I didn't know, you know what the, the protocol was. And uh, we did that, put the records together, and, and did you know some work on them individually ourselves. Was there a creative chemistry that you felt then, or was it? Did you just sound good, or did you compliment each other in a, in a way that you hadn't before? It just it felt good. I liked I liked what he had brought to the table. It was lost and found, and uh, a couple of songs that that were like almost Eagles progressive, you know. And, and I I liked that that kind of. I was really, you know, in my creative. Zen place, thinking if we were going to market ourselves as, a, as kind of a southwestern, east, west of the Mississippi, you know, desert kind of, then that's Southwest deal. Did you guys, and let's we'll just smash forward just a little bit, but did you guys ever have other names for the group oh, yeah. except for Brooks and Dunn? Yeah, we sat for a day. It was going to be the Coyote Brothers, you know, the Cactus Brothers. We don't know. We sat and filled up uh, notebooks, and finally it just, you know, I left town and came back for after a weekend. Everybody said, "Let's just call it Brooks and Don." You know, they were just exhausted of all the, the, the it never, desert never, references. So nothing felt right. You know, <laughs> rattlesnake twins. I don't know. How but, does it? Because you're both singers, yeah. and I've been to more than a few shows of you guys. And Kix sings mm -hmm. awesome, too, mm -hmm. awesome too. And he mm -hmm. has he has song. I mean, Kix has he has style. Like, yes, yeah, he, has, he has style. It's just it's how just how, how was that? His name's first, so then you get to sing more songs, or mm -hmm. like, how does that go well, when you're both good? Here's the name. Here's how the name thing worked out, and, and people go, "How did that happen?" It, it's like his uh, brother-in-law owned a, a big ad company up in Maine. We wanted the logo bad, so we kind of laid out the the basics, and he came back with the you know the Brooks and Dunn because it laid out graphically better uh, there. So, so stylistically, it could have been like done in Brooks, but Brooks and Dunn, yeah. you know, by now it just seems natural. You know, the Beatles, right? 
What a freaky name. Really? Who would you call yourself? Yeah, it's just how successful you are, how normal the name gets. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. When did it get the most absurd to you with, and again, but you guys were also in your 30s, right, when it started? Uh I wonder if that helped at all with a little bit of the absurdity of how crazy it got. It did. It did. And and a lot of the challenges we would have had, you know, you kind of helps you, like, fight through the the kind of the unspoken ego tension that goes along with with anything you're trying to establish your turf uh, is you know are you going to be the you know the the lead singer or am i going to be the lead singer hey we're, we're good to throw it together we, we always have it's just kind of and i think being older helped help deal with that you know when you're doing these shows and they're selling out and you guys are all, all crossing over even a bit into yeah. not just country music but you got so big yeah like at its most absurd time, do you can you look back and appreciate it, or was it all such a blur? No, we can look back and appreciate it. You know, no, no, you, you you appreciate what what you have, and 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 just just from seeing, I mean, other acts come along. You know, countless acts come along. It's like here's the hottest thing in town. Here's the, these guys going to be monsters and all that stuff, and just like boom, boom, gone. It's like why are we not boom, boom, gone? Well, I don't know. That's unspoken. Yeah. Did you ever have? What they call, um, Mike, what is it called? Imp- um, imposter syndrome? Yeah, imposter syndrome, where you felt like, you know what, we're not as good as some of these guys, yet we continue to climb places that they're not. Like, we don't really deserve to be here. Did yeah. you ever feel like that? Yes. Yeah. Sincerely. Yeah. Why I, do you think, that? what do you think the element was about you two? What do you think it was? I don't know. I don't know. Thought, we thought about it a million times. I say me, me, we, me and Kicks. I mean, we've talked about it. I don't know. I don't know if, you know. I mean, I do sometimes. I sit, I lay in bed by myself and just go, it's just, I mean, was it because we were involved with Clive Davis and Tim? I've asked Tim Dubois. I said, what what made this thing work? And he goes, Mr. I don't have a clue. What about the songs, right? Do you ever just fall back and go? Yeah, I think, yes. This could be the songs. I, well, they say it starts there, so it could be just what those songs were, you know. And there's obviously other things that go into the stew, but if the songs are your meat. That's it. It's the foundation of it all. That's, that's you know, bar none. That, that's where it starts. This festival and concert season will be all about the boots. And Tacova's is your next stop before attending your next concert. Tacova's has seasonal and limited edition offerings this spring. You're talking about men's boots, women's boots, um, apparel, hats, bags, and more. All Tacova's boots are made by hand in a time-honored tradition, timeless style, always on trend. And Tacova's has first wear comfort, little to no break-in period. Like it's hard to find this level of comfort paired with this level of style. Plus, direct consumer pricing keeps the value on your feet, the money in your pocket. So stop by your local Tacova store. Have a complimentary drink. Shop the new styles. You like the smell of leather or no? I love it. Yeah. That's what the whole store basically is. Fresh leather. Yep. Friendly staff. Or like the smell of staff? <laughs> I don't know. I guess I'm sure they smell good there. Many stores have leather custom branding to make your boots truly personalized. What a gift, too. Regular live music and events. There is no in-store experience like this. If you can't make it to a store, just visit tecovas.com. T-E-C-O-V-A-S.com. T-E-C-O-V-A-S. Yeah. Yeah. Dot com. Find your new favorite pair of boots today. Willie Nelson, Waylon Jennings, Chris Christopherson. How did the biggest names in outlaw country start a musical revolution? Through one woman's vision from one tiny living room. Don't miss Mandy Moore as Sue Brewer in the new scripted audible original, The Boar's Nest, Sue Brewer and the Birth of Outlaw Country Music. 
Discover the true untold story of the extraordinary woman behind the outlaw country music movement and its biggest stars. Brewer shaped the sound and soul of country music as we know it today, despite never picking up an instrument herself. Lovingly dubbed as the Boar's Nest, Stu's Place was an intimate staging ground where a new breed of singer-songwriters, wounded souls, wayward upstarts, that's where they would spur each other and tap into something bigger and something realer. Starring Mandy Moore and featuring Eben Moss Backrack as Shel Silverstein and TJ Osborne as Johnny Cash alongside a full ensemble cast. Audible invites you to enter the Boar's Nest and experience the rise of a musical revolution. One woman, one time, one place. The Boar's Nest, Sue Brewer, and the birth of outlaw country music. Listen now at audible.com slash the Boar's Nest. Why put out, yeah, I think this is your fifth solo record you just put out. And I asked this in a complimentary way, but why? Why do you, why do, you do solo records Because now? I don't want to, now I'm like a cat out of the cage because uh, I, we, we, we don't want a label deal and we're free from that. And we don't have to sit in a boardroom and, have, and we're not subject to a, uh, a corporate uh, agenda and schedule. Do you, still have, do you have fun doing it, writing? Yeah, yeah because it's like you, 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 know, you, you shoot your 10 songs you know, or, or 11, 15, whatever, for a, a corporate thing with a label. And uh, now, and, and, and streaming helps that a lot. But right now, I'm, I'm just at a point to where it's like money's not an issue. But I, I still have that hunger and desire to create music. I, I just love doing it. Did you ever lose it? Did you ever get burnt out and you didn't want to write? No, uh, no. No, and I'll tell you what helped. That, that like, like, literally, like, quitting, quitting helped. That was a big deal. You know, that you, you get on a conveyor belt. Quitting with, what? The band? So, yeah, quitting, quit, yeah. How quitting, long did you quit? Band. How long do you think you quit? Uh, I thought it was, like, it's been, like, 10 years, and it, and it seemed like five, but you, uh, you know, you, you, you kind of burn out, but it's like we were at a place to where it, you know, there's another thing in this business. That's called. It's the old thing because you you live by the awards, you die by the award shows, and and we were we had won what what do over and, and and other things for 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 years, and I you know just kind of felt it waning, and it's like the psychological impact of sitting in that audience and not winning. I, I, I said I'm I'm not going to let this happen. I'm not going to build a brand and get it up this high and this this high and let it let it be brought down. So by that that piece of trivia which is the same going up it's a big important thing coming down it's a big important thing too and it's like i was not going to let it i was not going to let it bring us down so, I so the fact that you won all the awards made it hurt worse when yeah. then you started to not win the awards because people yeah. looked at like hey what happened what happened to you guys you used to win them all right now, yeah well, and it got and it got to a point to where the perception yeah uh, uh, uh was hey you know you're, you're, you're slipping or, or whatever I, but i used to be embarrassed for for the I mean last few years, every time they they'd mention our name, I'm going no, it's working against us. You know now it's like like you're the Dallas Cowboys or whatever, and, and you've won you've won the Super Bowl twenty times in a row. People, no matter how much they might like you or, or or how how well you're playing, they they're rooting for you to get beat. Yeah, this culture loves to build you up and then rip you down. Yeah, yeah. and then watch you climb back up again, <laughs> and then rip you down yeah, once you lucky, get too high. Right? Yeah, 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 yeah. So round two. Uh, no, we don't. I don't even. I don't even go to award shows. I, I mean, now it's like they're nominating us now. But there, I just. Think, I saw you got nominated again. Yeah, but it's like. Mm-mm, do you want me to no. go in your place? And then like, if you win, I'll go up and do the, the speech. Do it, please, please. I, w- 
You'll oh, do a lot do, better speech than I can. How, um, do you know how awesome that would be? If I, I, I want you to do it. I get, I, I'm I have, telling you right now, please do it if it happened. <laughs> so now I have to go sit in the stand. Yeah. But this is Don't you, go buy your suit now. <laughs> this, this is you officially saying, though, that if I go, and I don't because I have a beef with them not letting me host, right? That's a whole, mm. di- whole, different, whole different argument. Well, that's corporate stuff. Yes. <clears throat> I know what, that, what that's about. So I've purposefully just not gone the last couple of years. However... Mm-hmm. You're telling me if you guys win, you clear it now. I gotta have yes, to fix this clearance absolutely. too. That I can go up and accept your award. Please, I'll, yes, absolutely. Fact. What about? Okay, listen to this. Let's write this down. Yeah, yeah, yeah write it down. I'm right. We gotta get kicks on the phone too. Eventually, I mean at some it. point, to agree. I'm, I'm wholeheartedly mean this. When they do the camera and they show all the people sitting in the audience, I want to hold two sticks with your heads on it, and they have to put it on me holding the sticks of your heads. But you have to say that so they know. I, we should. It'll be awesome. And then when you win, I'll go up and I, I'm all about it. I am all about it. Mike, mark this clip. Marking it. Write it. Yeah. Write it down. Post it. I mean, I got to go to now. the world. I got to go. I got to go to the award show. There you go. When you win, and I'll give the greatest, most eloquent speech as to why it sucks I didn't get to host. Because you know I make <laughs> that's, that. That's you fine. know I make hey, it all about me. As far as I'm concerned, it could be all about you, baby. I don't care. Just do it. Yeah, no. I'm, I mean that. that. That's actually a brilliant idea. Yeah, I don't think... We may not do that. I gotta, get, I gotta yeah. get clearance of my Let's wife don't take on this that one. No, no, he'd go for it. He's totally into that. No, that would that would be awesome. Um, I, I, just a couple more things. You've mentioned your wife a few times in in a very loving way, and also someone. It seems like you just value her opinion on things personally and professionally. Yeah. She gets consistently been a pillar in both. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I can't tell you how many times I've come to bed, like, you know, after listening to a song or two or something and, like, feeling, you know, an inch tall, you know. And, and, and invariably, most of the time, she's, she's, she's right, and she's also that, you know, that, that mountain that if, if I feel like I can stand up to it and, and buck it and, and break through it and come through with a successful song, uh, then, hey, it makes me feel better about me. Does she challenge you? Yes, yes. Yeah, mine too, but in an awesome way. Yeah, no, no, like in a way that I've never been challenged. No, before. I hated it at the time. You know, I hated it at the time, and then I look back at it and go, you know, who else is? Do you, you want somebody around that's just telling you you're great all the time? Sometimes, or you know, yeah, well, yeah, yeah, occasionally, <laughs> <laughs> most time. Uh, yeah, well, you know what she says. As to artists, me? we're all insecure. Yeah, absolutely. My, my wife says to me, everywhere you go, people tell you how great you are. It, uh, but I'm just going to be honest, and I like. And at first, that was really uncomfortable for me. But yeah, I've never been challenged in a wonderful way like my wife has challenged no, me. Where she said before, like that joke wasn't that funny that you told, and I'm like, but everybody laughed. And she goes, but you're better than this. That, that's that's Janine Dunn. No, that's a gift. If you have a partner like that, that is a that's a gift. Do you get you a, it, when that first happened? Did you get offended because I did? I was like, what yes. you, you don't know anything. You never told a joke, right? And then, but then after a few times where she was absolutely right, I'm just like, no, that hurts. But I trust you. Absolutely. No, that's 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 a good partner right there. You know. And and you and you you learn over time whether you respect it at the time or not that you know if they're right enough and they're always right <laughs> that that you know you're 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 pretty much you're hooked up with the right person. Yeah, it was tough for me at first as far as especially. I, if, I'd be like, "What do you know about comedy?" And she was like, "I'm not trying to give you a lesson in comedy, but I can tell." And then she would start to punch up jokes better than I could write them too. I'd sit in the bed, I'd be like, uh-huh. "What about this?" She goes, "What if you move that word to here?" And I'm like, "Oh yeah." And I would get mad that she was better than me at it. Well, Janine, would, Janine does the same thing. She she would do it and like end up with like her name on a song, and then the next thing I know, she's like, well, "I'm at a business meeting with the accountant." Thing. She goes, "Oh yeah, there's Janine's songwriting business account uh, or gift account," she calls it. <laughs> I go, "How much money's in it?" What? <laughs> <laughs> you know, I, I mean, my, you, you walk through the room. 
you, you were mopping the floor while I was writing a song. <laughs> <laughs> oh, it gets brutal, but it's fun. Yeah, and you know? it has made me better. Yeah, it has me too. Yeah, by far, there's no uh, no no denying it. As crazy and as as volatile as it gets. And when my wife tells me I do something good, I believe her uh-huh. because she doesn't pass those compliments no. out, which is good for me too. Because same same with Janine, she is not she's not gonna she's not gonna go that way, you know. Yet she's you know she's sweet, she's kind, she's sensitive, she's you know more more so than I am, and it's you know but. Normally, I don't respect that. <laughs> you know? Yeah, because we're all we're in this business. We're used to the fight, you know. And uh, uh, but I do with her. What's your favorite accolade that you've ever received? We were debating on what your answer would be, and I just don't want to ask this so you can be like bragging. Mm-hmm. But we were going through some of your stuff, and we did a whole preview before you came out talking about your record and stuff. Mm-hmm. If I said the greatest professional accolade slash achievement, what is it? Oh, it's tough. Ugh. I picked one. Mike picked. We all picked what we thought you would say. I mean, I mean, I've never thought about it, and I'm bad at the, doing this too. I don't, you know, I don't know. I don't know. You know, would it be something as trivial as you know, vocal performance for a, a Grammy or something? But no. <laughs> say, no. Is that, is that your? Is that your? Uh, he's going. Dang it! Say it! Say it! No. He's Mike said it'd be a Grammy. Yeah. I said it would be Songwriter Hall of Fame. That's it. Which one? Uh, songwriter. No, no. You know what? Okay. Country Music Hall of Fame was also the, in there. No, yeah. Country Music Hall of Fame. Like, like, I never even thought about it. Never even. Rank those three, though. Country <laughs> Music Hall of Fame. Yeah. Number one. Go ahead. It's two. Uh, songwriter or Grammy? Uh, ooh, ooh, ooh. I'm thinking Grammy. I think uh, I'll go to the Grammy with you. Yeah. I'll go yeah. Grammy. You just said that first. Okay. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I was at the... Um, my stepdad came to town and we took him to go to the Country Music Hall of Fame. Uh-huh. And at the time, it was like every piece of metal they had ever put inside, and it's just your name all over every one of them. It just filled up a whole room of all those things, yeah. of CMAs and ACMs. And I mean, do they have to send a dump truck over to haul those things out? Not a dump truck. 18, okay, sorry, 18-wheeler. 18-wheeler, yeah. Uh, you're, you guys are playing stagecoach. I, I kind of want to end on this because what's cool is you were cool, you went away. It's rare that you get to be cool again. Not mm. nostalgic, different. You guys are cool again and also there's the nostalgia but it's not all based on nostalgia mm. you're cool again do you do you know that and you understand that right because you're playing stagecoach and they just don't throw up good acts from the 90s and 2000s and stage a stagecoach you know i don't i don't think about that that much someone told me the other day that we we played the first stagecoach was that 06 you're asking the wrong guy i don't know i know someone in, in our camp said that is that right yeah uh, but uh the the music sounds it's the same a lot a lot of it but the the band is is it's it's different out there I mean we're like we're hitting like thirty thousand you know people not festivals crowds yeah that's what you I'm know? saying like you're not people aren't coming it's to crazy. just to just go oh I remember these guys <laughs> no it's not a nostalgia and, and it's also young young people are coming to yes, the shows yes like so many of my friends that I did a show and I I invited you to come out and you couldn't do it because you had a show but it, well, even Caitlin was like, I want to go watch Ronnie instead of your... And we had that because you were playing the same night in Nashville. She's like, do you care if I go watch Ronnie? And so, <laughs> and so, but so many of my friends were sending videos from your show. And they're 30s and 40s, and they weren't yeah. going for any other reason other than they just love you guys' music. Yeah. Yeah. And so, I don't know. What's, to be cool again twice, that is 
lightning in a bottle the they first do. time, but the second time, are you kidding me? Yeah. Like, you, do you guys talk about that? We do, we do, and it's once again, it, it, it's always with wonder, and, and we, we don't, we don't get it, we don't get it. But you know, so many things they do change, and and uh, I don't, I don't know. I, I'm, I'm, this is weird just for me to say, but I, I feel like I'm singing better. Uh, Kicks is singing great. The band is fabulous. I mean, this band is, is very tight. Crazy. Is it the re- the guys with Reba? You guys shared a band with Reba. Yeah. Is it well, those same well, we guys? spent you know off and on seven years in in Vegas and stuff. And yeah, it's 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 part of part of the, her band, part and, and and our 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 guys. But it's just completely different. Technology's different. Lighting's different. All that. But at the same time, there's a, there's a new energy that's that's not coming from us. Well, it is, but it's it's coming from the crowd. The show's always in the crowd. We asked people if they had questions. I'm going to roll through five of these quick. You answer them quick. Uh, these are from our, our listeners here. Um, some of these are simple. Like, what is your favorite Brooks and Dunn song? Hmm. My favorite. Oh, 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 oh. I, 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 I guess well, Neon Moon kind of had a resurgence there. Uh, it, it, they come and go. You know, you hear, you hear this whole thing. They're like my kids. You know, I don't know. I'm fickle. You know, it's. Right now, which song would you look forward to on the set list the most? Let's ask mm-hmm. it like that. What would it be? You got all the shows. You, you have to. <laughs> yeah, neon. neon. Yeah, uh, when you hit that first chord on Neon, it's just, they're, they're, they light up. Here's one. Something simple. How's he doing? How you doing? How am I doing? Yeah. I'm doing fine. Yeah? Oh, yeah, I'm doing, that's, 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 that's a bad answer to saying psychology. You don't say fine. Do you feel good? Yeah. Yeah. I feel good. Mental health good? Uh, never, never should be. No, you never you should always be like a little bit of tension in life as an artist and tortured. Favorite person or people to tour with? Ooh, ooh, ooh. Okay, now, the, the, years ago, like we, we hooked up with ZZ Top. Now, I'm going to say this, and I got to know Billy Gibbons and Dusty Frank, all that, man, they became like really good friends. Really cool guys. Really cool, because me, they're like, the first car I got had like a, a, a killer sound system in it it was an old you know chevy nova or something but uh I, and i had uh trace hombres just god never heard anything like that uh you know merle haggard always gonna go back to haggard i get around haggard and but just couldn't talk couldn't talk you know, I, I wanted to like ask him so many questions and talk and shoot the breeze and it's like it's like me and you I can't yeah. talk. I'm just like we're, tra- we're chatting. You're the coolest. I can't talk. Yeah. Sometimes I spit all over myself when you're ah, just, ah, you're like, "What's up with you, drool?" I'm like, "No, I'm just here with you." Ah, ah. Um, okay, so a couple things, and we're gonna wrap up on this. Hundred uh, proof neon. You guys definitely check it out. I saw the sign, the billboard, driving down the street. It looks it's you up there. What that cost us, Brad? Yeah. What did that cost? <laughs> yeah. Don't tell me. <laughs> um, also, the Lensman Project, which you and I have talked about before, but. You, you're really gifted photography in, in the eye. And, you know, you. I, we've been lucky enough to... I mean, you took some nude pictures of me once, and we... <laughs> well, you, you got, no, you had chaps on. That's true, that's true. <laughs> At Lensman. And that little horse court. And you can read out and see all about it. Kaylin, do you have any questions? You, you want to ask one question or no? You've, you've been here. She's never come to a single one of these, Ronnie. Come on, Kaylin. Never. Do you Open have any... Oh, but she thought oh. the number one act would be playing at our wedding. Well, he meant like professionally. That was a friendship deal. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. No, your favorite part oh, was the vowels. Yeah. Yeah. It was like, 
That's great to hear. Hey, and, and it, was, it was your people that came up with the moon that dropped out of the sky. It's like, that's cheating. But, we you know, asked for I'll like a 20-foot steer head that had a mirror ball on it, but they were like, we can't find one there's anywhere. That. Yeah, we yeah. Can, there's, we there's that. that. I, was, I, was, no, I was terrified I was, someone was going to ask me to get, come out and dance or something. <laughs> <laughs> I was saying, get out of here. But you know what? I, I, my favorite picture of you, not that I love, uh, is on the, the, your uh, Instagram thing is uh, you hanging out the window of the truck with, with the Sonic cup. Yeah. My wife to this day, yeah. and, and all the girls, my, my uh, niece runs all of our, our touring stuff, uh, but they're all Oklahoma girls, and they walk around with a giant Sonic cup every day, all day. It's our culture. Yes, ta-da. Well, it's been a pleasure, my friend. Well, it's really cool to hear about your dad, honestly, and your wife. Yeah. Like to be able to kind of get into that a little bit. Because, you know, in a 20-minute interview, if we were to normally do that, I wouldn't kind of explore that area. Well, we're always working at a business agenda. Yeah, yeah. yeah but, you like, it's really really cool. I appreciate you sharing that with me. Yeah. You guys follow at Ronnie Dunn on Instagram, at Lensman, obviously at Brooks and Dunn, and they just keep on killing it. And I'm going to hit up Kicks and be like, I need your consent, too, on this, Kicks. Yeah. And if he says yes, I'm going to the show with your heads. Oh, he's in. And I'm going to walk the red carpet. Speaking for you guys. No, I'll, I'll have him on the phone by the time I get to the front door. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> All right, Ryan. Dude, we're going in. <laughs> Thank you, buddy. This is the year to stop overpaying for your family plan. So choose a straight talk wireless family plan. Unlimited data, talk, and text on a reliable 5G network. And you can get a new line starting at $25 per line per month for four lines, plus taxes and fees and no contracts. That's good decision making. Available at Walmart and on straighttalk.com. Family plan discount with four lines, all on the silver unlimited plan. Not combinable with auto pay discount. In times of traffic, your data may be temporarily slower than other traffic. Video streams at up to 480p. Are you still searching for your perfect place to call home? Well, now is the time to buy at Fisher Homes. If you're looking to move in before the end of 2024, May could be your last opportunity to start building your dream home and close before the year's end. If you're hoping to move in even sooner, Fisher Homes also has homes that are move-in ready and waiting for you, where you can start enjoying the benefits of homeownership even faster. Schedule your personal tour with a new home advisor today at fisherhomes.com and make this spring the season you find your your perfect home sweet home. Whether you're a savvy spender maximizing your savings with cashback rewards, a thrifty rate watcher seeking the lowest interest, or a travel enthusiast looking for extraordinary perks, Kemba Financial Credit Union has a visa to complement your lifestyle and unique needs. Apply today at Kemba.org to unlock a limited time 2% cashback on purchases. And pay 0% interest on balance transfers for an entire year with a new visa from Kemba. You deserve a card that works for you. Restrictions apply. Offer ends June 30th, 2024.